Alrighty, g'day guys and welcome to the Bradley J Driver Experience here for episode 28 with a very good friend of mine. Today's topic is sort of religion, faith, spirituality. I had a lot of people, you know, 27 episodes in before today and we've had a good sort of variety of topics and chats and I had a call for something more spiritual from a few people and I thought there was no better man to sort of sit down and chat with them. Mr. Caleb Hansey. How are you, brother? Yeah, good, man. Thanks for having me on. Mate, I just it's a pleasure. genuinely appreciate it. Like, it's an honor. Um, I've listened since episode one. I know you, I know you know that. Too, um, he has, And, uh, I, yeah, I actually love podcasts. As you know, I'm a bit like you, podcast junkie. Listen to a lot of them. Love actually, them. On that note, you've got one going. Yeah, yeah, we do. So we'll get into, I guess, some of the stuff I do for work and stuff. But I work at a, a church, and uh, in this season of COVID, we... Uh, stopped having services as normal church services obviously couldn't meet and so to keep our people connected the people that I oversee and and hang out with I started a podcast just to kind of talk to people kind of like you do but more from a religious spiritual side of things and, yeah. and we also just do fun things like review movies and have a lot of fun doing that yeah. so yeah it's been good I've, I've always wanted to, to start one and so your production is nice. good too I'm impressed thanks like, man yeah that's one thing I could learn from you that little pre and post production where that's probably where I lack a little bit so mm, but you know the Bradley J driver experience likes nothing my friend so just yeah you're doing you're doing you're, sweet you're so man, you're, you're doing good I guess one, one thing that I want to put out there at the beginning beginning of this potty is and it's one of the questions I have for you which we discussed the other day religion and spirituality is a really funny topic mm-hmm. because it's almost a little bit taboo like mm. people are scared to talk about it they're scared to be open about it and I'm not necessarily sure where that comes from. I'm not sure whether it's because it never used to. I think mm. I'm I'm not um, heavily involved in in the church, so I'm probably coming from a point of less bias, which mm. is good for this. I think true. Um, but it's just something that a lot of people really struggle to openly speak about. So that's why I really wanted to, I guess, put that out there first. That this isn't propaganda to like get you guys across to, you know, go into these guys' church. If you feel compelled to, 100% go and do it. But the reason I wanted you to be the person to spread this message is the thing I've respected about you and your family for the longest time, and we'll talk about your family soon yeah, too, for because sure. there's a rich history there. Never once have you made anyone that I could see or myself feel pressured. Mm. You've always been very good at, I guess, one thing I'm big on is if you talk the talk, you got to walk the walk and mm. you do it brilliantly. Appreciate that. And I've, I don't mean that through spreading the message or a mission. I mean the way you live your life. Mm. Um, re- really, I respect the way that you do that a lot. You're mm. a good human inside and out. And I wanted people to be able to sit down and listen to this and know that this guy comes from the best place and from, from his heart every time he speaks to people. So I think you'll get a lot out of this. Mm, 100% agree, man. Can I just say thank you for, for that, um, for setting the podcast off with that tone? Because from my perspective, I think a lot of people may look at a podcast like this and kind of go, okay, someone's going to come yeah. on here and just talk about like why they should be more religious than they are for 45 yeah. minutes and I'd rather not listen to that. So can I just say from the very beginning, if you choose to never step foot in a church or even think about it after yeah. listening to this, that's totally cool. Um, that's, that's, that's the main point of this. And I guess what I want us, everyone to get out of this podcast is just, let's talk about things more. And I think that's the message that's around the world at the moment in general with the whole, 
um, Black Lives Matter situation and, and yeah. even with what's happening with COVID, everyone's getting closer to friends and family again. There are certain issues that you said with religion that's a bit taboo. And I think maybe if people just were happy to sit down and have a conversation with someone who maybe is religious or isn't and just talk about the reasons why they are or are not, I think people would be a lot better Sorry. served for it. So, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to talking about it. You know what? It's for me, and, and I'm going to share something off the bat here. So th- this is something that I've never really shared with anyone. So Here we go. Hot, my, hot off the breath. My, my family don't even probably don't even know this because for me... Um, to give you a bit of my background before we go into Caleb's, the way that we actually know each other is through school. Correct. So we both went to Cedars Christian College, which was obviously a, a Christian private school. I went there from preschool, which I think you would have too. They didn't have prep when I started. So yeah. I started in 2000. What year did you start? Prep, preschool? Prep? I was prep 01. Okay. So it was just literally they start, must start at the year after I... Yeah. I started in 2000 in kindy. Okay. So it was okay. like, because how many years below me were you at school? I T- think two I was... Or three? Two or three, because your, your brother Jared was a year above me. He was my buddy for most of... That's ah, where the connection started. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, because you had a couple of times where you came over to my place for birthday parties. Correct. And, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, so you must have been two years below me at school. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. So I started there, and obviously being a, a, at a Christian school, faith is a part of the curriculum, yeah. and yeah. you're around people every day that practice religion and go to church, and... For me, it wasn't this, like I was christened and mm. my family attended church here and there, but we weren't necessarily super religious. That school was just what my parents thought was probably going to be the best education and environment for mm-hmm. me to learn and prosper as a kid. And I met Caleb's brother, Jared, in kindergarten. So my first day, I was in a composite class and he was my year one buddy. And it was always... Right. The joke, the the joke was always that I was far taller than Jared was at the time. <laughs> still, so people, still would yeah, be, yeah. people confused it and got it the other way around. <laughs> yeah, right. But such a good guy, and we become great mates and have stayed mates for years. And mm. we always knew each other at school and mm. got on and chatted. But it's more so in the last year that, and even the last couple of months specifically, that we've been bumping into each other a lot mm, and, and sure. created a, a good relationship again. Where. I feel like I can really chat to this guy about everything, which Mm. is a really nice feeling and friendship to have. And so what I was getting to is I've always been around faith Mm. or or religion, but not necessarily practiced it in consistency. But for me personally, and this is something that, like I said, maybe two or so people know, is when my parents first divorced, so they've got an amazing relationship now and with their partners and so forth and us kids, we all get on great, but it was the first time in my life that I'd ever experienced not knowing that my whole family was going to bed in the same house that night safe. Yeah, wow. And for me, like as a, as a devoted family man, mm. like I live for my family, that worried me. I was like, oh, you know, like if I, if I can't see dad tonight, like is he going to bed safe? Is he all good? Is he getting home from work? All oh, right. Wow. And like same thing with mom or my sister. And so being 11 years old and like not knowing how to handle that, I was just like, I'm just going to, one night I just come up with this idea to say a prayer Yeah, wow. that like, and I named all my family and I said that they'll be safe, healthy, happy mm. and protected always. And literally this is no word of a lie or no bullshit from that moment forward for the last 12, 13 years, every night before I go to sleep, I say that one wow. little thing. And it's for me that it's just been the consistency and the peace of mind mm. that like, I'm putting, I'm putting that intention out there mm. and it's being heard. Mm. And for me, that lets me hit, hit the pillow every night 
with peace of mind. Mm. And for me, that's probably been that's my cool. consistent experience with faith mm. where I don't necessarily go to church like, like we said before, but for me putting that out there and knowing that mm. my family are well and, and good is just for me that that's it. Like that does yeah. the, does what I need. And, and for me, that's probably my display of faith consistently. That's cool. I think a lot of people would be, would be interested to, to, to hear that 100%. and to know that that's, um, so, and I think that's you'd be you'd be surprised. Not that everybody would talk about this, and you've said you've hardly know, hardly anyone knows yeah. that. You'd probably find a lot of people are in a similar boat. I, I yeah. would say that I think. I mean, look, there's definitely people that would believe when we get into faith that there's nothing that exists out there that that is a higher power or yeah. being, if we want to call it that, and which is totally cool. And that's what they believe, and that is yeah. their faith. But there's a lot of people, like you said, that are that are not following religion or, or acting in it or whatever yeah. we want to say. But genuinely, when push comes to shove, they know that there's something that can potentially help them that they cry out for or pray for and stuff like that, which is just an interesting note on faith in general. 100%. So, yeah. So talk to us about your background. Where did this all begin for you? Mm. So, I mean, it began early. Um, I was So I was born into an amazing family. Like, a, you're a huge family guy. Yeah. And I think that's where we definitely connect in that area because... Even though our families are probably very different, they're both equally loving and equally caring in the yeah. exact same way. And so yeah. I would take a bullet for my family just as you would. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was the eldest born into our family. We've got four boys in our family and I was born um, as, as the first child. My parents were, this is crazy saying it out loud, my dad was 23 when he had me. My mum was 21, which is just... Sounds crazy. It sounds weird now. now yeah. yeah. I mean, there were a lot of people that age that were having kids youngish, yeah. I guess, back then. Um, but my mum had four boys before she was 30, which is just yeah, wow. unbelievable. I just, what I'm, a woman, hey? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's great. And that, that's all she wanted. She wanted kids. She wanted a big family. She yeah. wanted boys and all that sort of stuff. So um, that was really cool. So yeah, I was born into a family. My dad uh, didn't grow up in church at all. So my mum my mom did. My dad didn't grow up yeah. religious at all. He was adopted and has a really incredible story of adoption. Uh, has met his natural parents since and had this amazing story that's probably too long to go into right here. But uh, he became a Christian or, or met his faith when he was about 17 uh, yeah. and then got married to my mum. Uh, and then when I was born, he was actually a minister of a church. And so I got born into that family. Yeah. Um, and I guess when you say minister of a church, it probably conjures up a bunch of different images for people that don't go to church. He's not yeah. a priest. He doesn't have to wear yeah. um, the robes and stuff like that, which I appreciate and respect all that. But that's not what it is. And maybe yeah. we'll get into that later. Um, but I was born into that family and uh, went to church from as young as I can remember and yeah. um, was raised with those values. But I think what people kind of fail to understand is, is for me and my background, church or any faith shouldn't, like you said, be propaganda. So yeah. for me, there came a point and for me, it was probably around the age of 13, 14, which is like a lot of years into me being in that family yeah. where I had to make a decision to kind of go, yeah, I want to do this. So it's no yeah. longer... Yeah, I'm being. It's no longer being dragged. Along yeah, it, it's a you got to make a decision to do that, and I think that is a big part of what faith in general is. Yeah, is that it goes beyond your thought process then, or what you're collectively a part of a group um, to you actually making a decision to want to put action towards that. Yeah, and so I think that's what where where it came into it for me. And so yeah, I went along that journey. I graduated high school, um, went to university for two years, studied law. Um, realized after my second year 
this wasn't for me. I wasn't enjoying it. Uh, and then the opportunity came up to actually work at the church I go to, and I took that opportunity and uh, studied a degree in in, uh, in ministry or theology, um, yeah. and in doing that bachelor's degree. And then I work at the church that I go to full time now. That's my that's my full time job. Which yeah, um, yeah. People when you say that, and for people that don't know me, that it's kind of a weird thing because you, yeah. you say that in the street. I've had a lot of tradies come to our house the last couple of months as we bought our place. And you get talking to them and you kind of yeah. say, hey, what do, you, what do you do for a... They ask you yeah. what you do for a job. And you're like, I'm a minister of a church. And you get a lot of, oh, bullshit. <laughs> like yeah. a lot of... Because yeah. the look of it, I'm 25 years old. I don't look probably like I should be working yeah. uh, at, at a church or whatever. Uh, and yeah, so... But I'm a yeah a minister. I can do your wedding if you want me to do your wedding. I can do I can do all that. That's, that's, that's awesome. on the cards. So you, yeah. know what, you know what the thing is? And I think you hit the nail on the head there. And I think this is why you will connect with more people than most on this topic is you don't look like you'd be, you're not like the, I guess the typical image of, nor is your family Mm. of ministers. And one thing I always loved about your old man, Scott. Scotty, um, shout out. He's probably listening to this. Yeah, he will listen to this, I hope. He, um, he was just always a a fun, cool character Mm. and that made it attractive to like listen to him and i remember him coming to our school and you always look Mm. forward to because at at a christian school we always had plenty of people come and talk on the topic yeah but when your old boy come it was a different vibe it was like oh yeah scotty's coming so there's going to be a bit of humor and there's going to be a bit of a laugh and you know some stuff serious but he's the kind of guy that captures the attention of a crowd Mm. and his energy is so positive that you want to listen and you want to understand you want to hear it out 100 and i think that's really flowed on through yourself and and the other handsy boys where you've just got such good natures Mm. but you've also got so much else going on in your life with like the sport you love you know the the pop culture that you're into that i think you just attract good energy and good people towards you and that's going to do more to spread the message mm. I think than most will ever be able to mm. and I think it's just off the back of your personality mm. Mm. and that's a funny mix For but sure. I, you know that's what that's one of the things that while we're on that topic of pop culture it, it really interests me while you know we said this can be sometimes a little bit of a taboo topic um, and maybe sometimes there's a stigma around like the practice of religion or the discussion of it but why do you think it is that it's so hard for the everyday human to talk about it yet we celebrate and praise athletes or mm. um you know people in power every day who clearly exercise their faith for the world whether it be on the football field or the basketball court or in front of a crowd um, as a musician or mm. whatnot Great question. Um, we we kind of chatted about this briefly before I jumped on. Oh, we're talking about yeah. it online. And I, I actually think it's really interesting. I'll touch on the first bit first, which is more like why is it taboo in general yeah. uh, for people to talk about. And yeah, then I'll just touch on the athlete thing uh, towards the end of my answer. So I think the taboo aspect of it, when people hear the word religion, now I'm not, not just going to talk about Christianity or, or being Christian. Let's talk yeah. about any religion. Um, but I'll, I'll talk about my examples with, with church and Christianity. When they hear religion, what, what people who aren't, involved in faith or religion here is a list of things they can't do not a list of things that they choose to do because they have a faith in something so their viewpoint of it is if i talk to anyone or sit down with anyone or we discuss religion like it's the list of things that people tell you not to talk about politics religion all that sort of stuff if we start talking about it that person's going to turn around and look at me like i'm less of a human because i'm not living to the standards that they think it is um i would never do that with anybody because at the end of the day they may not have a belief system that i have 
And so why would I then expect them to do the things that I choose to do based on my belief system if they don't believe that? Yeah. But I think if we sit down and talk about it, the reason people find it taboo is because if you say, uh, I'm a Christian or I'm involved in X, Y, and Z religion or whatever it may be, they instantly go to, oh, that means you can't do this and you're not allowed to do that. And it means that you're boring and it means that you can't be involved in this thing that I do. And so we can't be compatible. Let's not talk about it. Yeah. Whereas I think, like we said before, faith in general goes beyond just like I've got faith in and this is a problem with the English language um faith means so many different things just by the one word so I could have faith that the Raiders are going to win the next game because they're the best team in the NRL right but that doesn't mean anything it's just that I have faith in it I could have faith that if I go to Darlando next time to get a pizza in Wollongong it's going to taste the same as it did before but if you have faith in a religion it means it goes beyond that like I have action that's attached to it because I genuinely believe yeah. that my life's going to be better and I'm protected and all that sort yeah. of stuff and there's something after this life blah 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 so I think people are taboo about it because negative connotations come before positive connotations that's um, probably more uh, in recent years of an Australian thing than some other countries because our history is probably less uh, religious if we want to say that than say America so America is as much as this crazy stuff going on right now as a country it's a lot more religious it was founded on religious principles it was uh, all that sort of stuff so the amount of people that if you were interviewing them randomly on the street and said hey are you religious do you believe in religion or whatever would be a lot higher in the u.s than it is in australia because um they they go to church and they do the things whether they believe it or not because it's just what people do there yeah um to sports athletes i think it's interesting i think that when you know someone or they're on the same level as you, so if it's just you meeting someone in the street, you're more comfortable with ridiculing them um, or bringing something that they believe in down because they're not on a higher pedestal than you. The moment you put someone on a higher pedestal, there's a level of respect that comes with that. And so I think that we should begin to treat all people like they are if they were like our favorite footy star or NBA star because we have respect for them. That if we had respect for the random person we met in the street, and we sit down and talk to them and they go, I believe in this. Even if it wasn't the same thing I believed in, I should mm. have respect that that's what they believe. 100%. And talk to them and stuff like that. But look, I think American stars, 100%, they can pretty much not not say whatever they want. But if it's a faith thing, yeah. people have huge respect for them. Um, we've seen in Australia, it's a little different. Um, you know, footy stars for the most part um, are okay with talking about faith. We've seen someone like Israel Folau do it very poorly. Um, in the way he went yeah. about it completely. And Australians didn't like that at yeah. all um, yeah. because it was not done in an appropriate way. And yes, the message that he was putting across was um, completely derogatory in some ways and very yeah. uh, negative rather than it being yeah. about positive. And so I think it, it's a lot of these conversations, in my personal opinion, have to come through relationship, not just someone getting up with a microphone and shouting something. But that's, yeah. that's what it comes down yeah. to. So, And I, I respect that view of it and that look at it. And you touched on something and... You spoke about the American, I guess, the foundation that America as a country is built on. And if we look at these athletes, there's a lot of, I find there's a lot of consistent stories within athlete culture, especially in the US, of people who have come from lower socioeconomic Mm. status or living who have found their way out of that through sport Mm. and through athletics. Um, And I heard a quote yesterday, so I was listening to unexpectedly I, I found a great piece of content that I think relates really well to what we're discussing today yeah, cool. in a completely unrelated matter mm. yesterday to, to somewhat degree. I was listening to Jocko Willink's podcast, the ex-Navy SEAL. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've seen and that, he's yeah. speaking with Jordan Peterson Yeah, cool. and they're speaking about the nature of, of man, like mm. how 
someone can be so powerful and dangerous and have the choice to use that for good or for evil. Mm-hmm. And there's something that he said, Jordan Peterson, and I'll probably butcher this quote a little bit, but I'll get, I'll get it close to right. He said he was quoting a man by the name of, I think, Carl Jung, um, who once, and I'm not sure, it, to me it seemed like Jordan Peterson has Christian faith. I believe he he's involved, like he's had it either, either in the past or he is now. I've listened to a few things with Jordan yeah, Peterson before. Because so. he related a lot back to okay. the faith of Christianity in, yeah. in, in a good sense. Um, but he, he phrased or referenced this quote and it was something like, most people won't find faith because they're not willing to bow or look low enough. Mm. And it made me think about that culture in, in, in athletics or sport where a lot of those people are coming from really tough home situations mm. and sport is their way out, but religion is the anchor that allows them to keep grounded until mm. they get that freedom or they get that life that they've desired. Mm. And do you think that there's maybe a level of comfort in most people in, in modern-day middle-class society that there's almost that fear, like you said before, to go, okay, what, how much does this change my life mm. and what of my current behaviors become unacceptable mm. but also is there really a need for me to need to want or need a, a higher being or a higher pull mm. towards something because life's kind of comfortable and cruisy at the moment a hundred percent i think that that to be honest with you that's i mean i talk to a lot of people so in my role at our church at the moment so i started off when i took it on and it was with youth ministry so teenagers yeah. Uh, and at the moment, it's with young adults. So I oversee anyone from 18 to 35 at our church. Yeah. That's my kind of role, which involves a bunch of things, but that's a broad uh, broad scope. So I talk to a lot of people that are similar age to us, um, all the way up to in their 30s, and, and people that are just friends of mine that want to have conversations about you know church and stuff. Because they were similar to what you're saying, where they get to a place of going... I need something, not as like a genie, but like I'm, I'm, there's something that's not right with me right now and I, yeah. I'm crying out or I'm going to pray or I'm going to talk to someone yeah. about it. And they do that. And maybe things get better, maybe they don't, but there's a sense of peace about it. And then, then that kind of throws them and then they, kind of, then they start thinking. They're like, yeah. okay, what does this mean? Does that mean I have to change everything about my life? Does that mean... Uh, and so they want to talk to someone. And yeah. so I know a lot of people, so they come and have coffees with me and they're kind of like, this is where I'm at. Uh, and one of the first things they say is exactly what you're saying. Or oh, my life is going to have to change dramatically. I don't want to do that because like, they're comfortable because yeah. they're in a position where they've been in control. If you want to use the word, they've been the God of their life for X yeah. amount of years. Every decision they make, um, there's no one they have to consult about it. There's no one that they're looking to, to kind of do that. And I think one of the things that people often get confused with uh, religion, but specifically Christianity is they think that if they step foot in church, the first time they decide, okay, I'm kind of comfortable here. I like the community. I want to kind of keep going for a little while. The first thing they think of is they're going to sit down and have a meeting with the pastor or the minister, and he's going to tell them all the things that by the time they come next week need to be different. Um, yeah. That'll never happen. I just don't know what, I don't know where the perception of that came from. Yeah. Maybe some churches do that. I hope they don't, and you should never go there if they do. Yeah. But a lot of the time, because I, like I said, you know, with what Christianity believes, it's a relationship with God, like exactly like what you said with praying to a God or, or a higher being. The conviction to not do something or to do something shouldn't come from the pastor or minister. Yeah. It should actually come from you talking to God and him saying, you know, I want, I want you to follow my will and you're going to do this, this and this. Yeah. And so it's a decision that you make to do or not to do something, not because someone told you to do it. Yeah. Um, I always say to people, if I told someone not to do this or not to take that substance or not to do this lifestyle, 
And I said, the only reason I could give them for not doing it is because it said it in the Bible. That's a pretty weak argument because I'll yeah. just go, that's, that's the Bible, blah, blah, blah. It's got to actually go beyond that where you go, I believe in something yeah. and I've got something that's stabilizing me, like you said, and I'm going to make decisions based on that, even if it's a bit of a sacrifice for me at this point because yeah, it's hard absolutely. to do so. So, yeah. It's funny you said that there. And I find maybe similar to me because we've spoken about this before. For, for me, like I'm a guy that, I'm, so I'm 24 years old. Mm-hmm. I've got, you know, I've got liver disease. So that's a reason I've never drank or, or consumed alcohol. I've had a sip in Tuscany before, you know, for the, for the vibe, you for had the to, shot, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> as you do. But ne- never consumed alcohol properly. I've never, con- like never touched drugs, mm-hmm. never touched recreational drugs. There's plenty of pharmaceuticals going on when you've got cystic fibrosis, so that's, that's well enough for me. Um, 50 tablets a day will do. But one thing I've learned, especially in the last couple of years, is there's, there's going to be, especially in our modern society, plenty of people who are doing those things. Mm. And I don't, I don't agree with illicit substances or drugs or recreational drug use. It's not for me. Mm. My family's against it. But what I've learned is that as a 24-year-old guy, there's going to be a lot of friends that do it. Mm. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But I've realized instead of being the guy that shoots that down all the time, be the guy that leads by example. Mm, 100%. So people come up to me when I'm out and they say, fuck, what are you taking? Like, you look like you're having a good time. And I'm like, I'm just on the waters. <laughs> but like, if, you, if yeah, you're yeah. open to having a conversation with people and like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you want to be sure. a decent human. You don't need something to to do that or to power that. Yeah, for sure. And I would like to think that through my conversations with people and, and what I do day to day in my life, that maybe there's someone who's thinking I'd like to stop that. Mm. They, they'd come to me and say, hey, like, what's your experience with not? Mm. And like, you know, you seem like you've got things pretty mm. under control with, with all those sort of things. You know, can we have a chat about it? And I think you've done a really good job of doing similar. I think you, you lead yeah, by example and I continue to say that because especially with a heavy involvement through school, there were plenty of people that maybe spoke more, but their actions didn't speak as loud as their words. Mm. And so I'm really confident in saying that you're the type of person that I would recommend anyone to go to, to feel open to speak Appreciate about it. it. So one thing I'm curious in is have you had many hurdles to overcome displaying your faith, especially as a young guy? Mm. Yeah, I think so. Like, I think it was harder in, there's different stages of it. I think in high school, there's a stage you go through where once you decide, okay, this is, I'm going to follow this faith and I'm going to do yeah. this. And this is, it, it's like anything. I mean, if you decide this is what I'm going, it's faith is, it should follow passion. So I've got a, if I've got faith in a religion, but there's no passion there to be a part of that, uh, wasting everybody's time. Because it won't, yeah. it's like a flame that's just going to go out very quickly. Yeah. It's the same with any passion, it's the same as you being involved in this podcast. I know you're going to go far with it because I've spoken to you and you're passionate about it. Mm. When you're passionate about something, you can't go five minutes without talking about it. And you're like right, that when yeah. we catch up about the podcast. It's yeah. the same, same sort of thing. Um, religion, like we said, it happens in a different way because it is a little bit taboo and people don't want it you know, thrown down their throats. They want to actually talk about it once relationships built. I think that's yeah. just interesting about it. 
But in school, it was a little different. So I might have been, as an example, not invited to things or there were certain things people just didn't have conversations with me about because in their head, I was the religious kid, which yeah. you have to be kind of pretty religious to be the religious kid at a religious school. So yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I was. I, I, I Looking back on it now, it's like, okay, I obviously was quite, I was quite vocal. I probably have learned a lot from high school. I was probably yeah. like, I'm glad you think that I'm a great example of it. I was probably way more vocal in high school for the negative than I was for the positive as yeah. far as... I maybe was very, not judgmental, but I was a bit like, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that, this is what I believe, rather than being like, let's go have a coffee and hang out, and if you want to ask me any questions about it, feel free to do so, and if not, we're just going to be friends, and I'm going to love on you just because you're you, and and if you eventually want to get to a point where you want to talk about what I believe in, that's cool, if you don't, it's not my job to actually, quote unquote, convert you, I have nothing to do with that. Yeah. I'm actually there as like an ambassador or a medium to help you through that process if, if you choose to want to yeah. have a conversation. So high school was a bit bit tough because of that because I think I looked at it more like people just think I'm weird and all that stuff. Going into like my adulthood has been different. Like we have a lot of involvement with the university. So we actually have a service in there that we run um, in the local uni at Wollongong and we have a club that meets there and we actually put on a bunch of things for uni students and just to bless them and help them with their mental health and stuff like that. Uh, and so whenever we set up stalls, we get a lot of attack from uni students, which it's expected. Like I, yeah. I don't I don't think it's not going to happen ever. Yeah. Uh, intellectuals, for the most part, people that are at university sometimes clash a lot with any sort of religion because they kind of think it's all made up, it's all airy-fairy, let's come yeah. at it with you know science and historical facts. And um, we won't do this in this podcast, but if anyone wants to have a conversation about that, there are a lot of things that I can not give you to beat an argument because whenever you win an argument about religion, you don't win an argument. You just make that person feel more uh, afraid and negative towards a certain faith and they actually walk further away. Yeah, so there's actually yeah. no point arguing anything. It's actually having sitting down and building a relationship and loving mm. on them, which is going to do more good than quote unquote winning an argument. So, yeah. but yeah, at university we get a lot of, a lot of flack for that sort of stuff. So people will come up and want to abuse you and talk about this and, and really they'll want to highlight one particular issue that they think that Christianity or any religion stands for versus like the the greatest sense of it and so it's like um yeah it'd be like me having like a sporting team and there's one player that's like you know not as good in that sporting team and then that's the reason that they they want to you know talk rubbish about the sporting team rather than going the sporting team as a whole has actually got a lot to offer let's sit down and talk about that sporting team it's the same sort of thing so yeah i think it's been different throughout my years i think that as i've gotten older i've just realized that um, like you said, that's the biggest lesson. Winning, winning an argument is never winning an argument. It's yeah. called an argument for a reason. Yeah, Arguments are never positive. Um, yeah, my parents used to say when we used to see them, quote unquote, arguing, we're not arguing, we're having an intense discussion. And I yeah. think that's yeah. when you look at anything to do with faith and religion, sit down and have a discussion with someone, don't yeah. have an argument with them. So I yeah. agree because it's, it, it, is, it is a thing, isn't it? A lot of people are looking to chop it down. Mm. What, can we, what can we prove against it? What can we... What does this say? Or what does that say? Or what can we pick and use against mm-hmm. from really from, especially from the Bible, a book that was written so long ago that language has actually changed mm-hmm. 100%. a whole lot and to, to a huge degree. Um, I guess, I, I guess it would be hard, wouldn't it? To find that line of, of which, which role you play with certain people. Yeah. I think that's why you said it's got to be really relationship based. Mm. So do you find that? Do you find that it's there's ever there, there would be times that people, especially within your church and within that circle, start to to struggle with things in their life? I know a lot of people talk about they lose a loved one or something mm. like that happens. They either go one way or the other. 
Yeah. In many cases. Yeah, yeah, how, yeah. How do you approach that sort of thing? I can imagine it would be really difficult. It is really tough, yeah. I think that, especially with <coughs> the pe- people that I oversee, being, being young adults, it's yeah. a time in your life when a lot of cemented decisions are being made. Um, and we find a lot of people, when they graduate from high school, they may be involved in church for something when they're in high school. So whether it's family bringing them or whether it's they choose to go in youth ministry because their friends went. Yeah. When you get to turning 18 and you're an adult, every decision you make then becomes your own. And yeah. the moment you go to university for a lot of people, it's just a lot of people are swaying by they, they move away from certain things because they don't want to, it's a sacrifice for them to go and be involved in church at that yeah. point. Um, but yeah, going back to what you said, when people go through tough situations, I think um, there's two there's two decisions that people make at that point. Number one is why do bad things happen to good people? That's the big yeah. old age old debate. And if God exists, why would he make this happen to me? Why would this happen in my life? And so they run further away from him. Uh, or it's the opposite where they're like, okay, if this is going bad in my life, I'm going to cement myself deeper and actually get stronger with my relationship with God because um, I really need him right now. And so I think it's like we may just sit down and have a discussion with them about that. And again, I would never say to someone, yeah, what you're going through is nothing in comparison to what God is, so just get over it. But that's, Mm. I think sometimes people think that's what's going to happen. We're just going to go, oh, God's good. He's got you. Uh, Mm. You'll be sweet. Um, that doesn't help anyone when they're going through a tough situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably more talking through it with them, getting them to see how they're feeling. Um, there's entire books of the Bible that were written. And like you said, it's an old book, language of change, Hebrew, Greek, and the, you know, we're in English now reading it. Um, but there are multiple copies of the original text which hold up and show that it's the same as it was back then, which is interesting. But there are total a whole books in there, which is just a guy crying out to God, being like, God, I actually literally hate you right now. Um, so like... Yeah. When we read that, it's kind of like, so we see that people throughout all of history have had moments where it's actually okay to be upset, angry, yeah. frustrated with God or, or a high being or whatever. Yeah. Um, it, what I find interesting, my wife has done psychology. She studied psychology at uni. And what's interesting that we forget, if you believe that someone created you and you were created and, and there's a high being out there, that means in turn that they had to create your emotions so they understand it. And so there's no point me going through life being angry at God and not talking to him about it because if I believe that he's real then I have to in turn believe that he understands that I'm angry and so I should just be speaking to him about it and be like God you're a jerk like what's going on I'm angry Uh, and I actually would feel a lot better if I did that rather than carrying around bitterness and resentment and all this stuff Uh, and so yeah in that sense that's what we would do to help them through that have there been times where people have gone stuff here this is not what I believe anymore 100% Um, and I think that's just a journey you got to walk through like if you put all the weight onto you as, as a someone who works at a church to convert everybody yeah. or keep everyone in the door, um, you're actually doing yourself an injustice and Christianity as a whole because it's yeah. actually got nothing to do with you. Yeah. You're just there as a person who's um, helping people, you know, helping them through what they're going through and allowing them to be in that place and connect with, with God at that point. So See, the thing for me is I've never... So I, I, can, I can't speak from understanding because... I've never lost someone in my life Mm -hmm. through early, you know, their early years or Mm. um, at a young age. You know, I recently lost my nan, but my nan was old. She'd had cancer and as devastating as it is, like it's, Mm. that's what happens when people get older. Yeah, right. Um, And and I hear people say that and and I've got to be honest, like like I said, I'm not, I'm not, this isn't propaganda, I'm not pushing this religion, but I, I always wonder how how important accountability is because people's first instinct is to pass the buck or to push the blame Mm -hmm. and quite often it then becomes okay what can i find in my life that's easy to blame Mm -hmm. or easy to to question 
without really looking at the life that you live every day. Mm. And I think there's so many people from what I can see, not just with religion, but with other parts of their life that, you know, it's, it's like saying, I've been going to the gym every day for two years and I've not lost a single kilo. Mm. Be coming home and having a tub of ice cream every night. Like if you can't accountably, yeah, yeah, if you can't accountably sit down and be self-aware enough to look at your life as a whole and why things aren't moving in the right direction or maybe the consequences of some actions and why things happen in life, unfortunately, it's, it's part of being a human being. Mm. We all make choices every day, the food we put in our body, the substances that some people abuse, you know, you can't, mm. you know, as sad as it sounds, you can't watch a relative pass who smoked for 20, 30 years of their life mm. and say, you know, God shouldn't do that to good people. Unfortunately, we live to suffer the consequences of the lives that we lead. Mm. And I just wish sometimes people were more understanding of accountability. But back to what we spoke about before and spoke about the faith, because you can never win an argument mm. on this. How important, well, what does faith mean to you? So by definition, it's believing in something bigger mm -hmm. um, that can't necessarily be factually proven right in this minute or mm -hmm. in this day. And, and, and I'll be honest, I'll state my view on it. Um, I hear people's arguments about Big Bang Theory, all this, all that. To be honest, as much as science seems to think they can prove it, I can't just believe that the intellectual human beings that we are on this earth is off the back of mm. an, uh, a timeless occurrence. Mm. Um, you know, I don't even know the language for it or the words for it, but I seem to think that we're such incredible beings. There's mm. got to be more to... I mean, there's got to be more yeah, to creation for sure. and, and what we have here. For sure. Uh, can I say this too? If there's any people listening that are scientists or people that yeah. uh, evolved in science or study science, I actually love science. And I think, I think that's obviously a misconception about religion too. Uh, I think science and religion actually can work together really well, um, yeah. which uh, there's no need to have these heated discussions over it. Science versus religion, religion versus science. Yeah. Just bring the two together and your world's actually going to go a lot further, mm. in, in my opinion. Um, I think that the faith element for me, I think, like you said, we're intelligent beings um, for the most part. We can see we've done incredible things throughout history. Um, I also believe we're designed for relationship. Like we've seen in this period of COVID, you're not designed to be in isolation. Like none no. of us were. We'll go crazy. Yeah. Um, I know people that live on their own during this period and they've been like desperately Zooming everybody and having to go out for coffees when they can because we're not designed to be like that. No, and correct. I think, uh, in my opinion, that actually goes beyond just friends you talk to. Um, yeah. There's an element of... Uh, relationship which is an interesting thing about christianity that's different from some religions is that i personally believe i've got relationship with with a god and not like yeah. a, oh relationship that's a weird word but like there's a there's a level of personability that i have with it where i can talk yeah. to him and um, i feel peace about that so yeah for sure so faith for me interesting question i think obviously you've you've hit the nail on the head the definition of it is is um believing in something you can't yet see so yeah. we can have faith and people talk about it is with Santa Claus, watch a Tim Allen movie and there's talking about faith and, you know, only because yeah. you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, I kind of touched on it earlier. I think for me, faith element has to go beyond just you believing in something to actually putting action into it. Um, yeah. But you've, you've mentioned it a couple of times on this podcast. Faith for me, it's a level of security and protection and relationship. Yeah. So if I've got faith in, in God or faith in uh, religion or whatever it may be, I actually go on my day and I don't, I don't have to f be fearful. I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to worry. Now, does that mean I don't have elements of that still in my life? 100%. Yeah. But I don't have to stand on that because I actually know that I've got faith 
that I am protected and I've got relationship mm. with, um, with, with God and he's watching over me. So faith is an interesting thing. I think that people often talk about it in terms of, um, you know, I've just, I've got a faith. I believe in something, yeah. but faith for me goes beyond that where it's actually you stepping out and, and doing something with that. Even if you don't fully understand it, I think that's an element of faith that mm. has to be true. There, there are going to be thousands and thousands and thousands, and we could sit here and discuss them all. And people could write in. We could do live questions, and people would be talking yeah. about, "Oh, what does this mean in the Bible? What does yeah. God say about that?" I can research and I can find you the best answers, and I think this is where people go wrong in, in quote unquote arguments, where they sit down and they get, they they create answers for things they actually don't know the answer to, yeah. and they put themselves in a situation where they make themselves and religion look like an idiot because they're creating answers that actually are false. They're, they're too scared to say, I don't yes. necessarily know the answer yes. to that right now. If I yeah. talk to a doctor and I ask him a question off, off out of the blue about a very obscure medical condition, he's probably not going to know the answer to it straight away off the top right. of his head. He'll go on his computer like he does most times during the waiting room, as smart as they are, yeah. and look up something to help you with the problem. Yeah. Same thing should happen if you're having a discussion with religion about someone. If you don't yeah. know the answer or someone that you're talking to doesn't know the answer, yeah. just respect that they're going to go and find answers for you if they can. And if they yeah. can't, I've come back to it and gone, do the things that I've experienced about faith and the relationship I feel like I have with God and the life I live and the peace that I can currently walk with because I have that, does that outweigh my need for that answer to be, that question to be answered? And if that's true, then there are some things that I don't necessarily need to know the answer to. Um, yeah, I, can, I like that actually. I can I try to keep yeah. looking and I can yeah. continue to learn and I continue to grow and read and, yeah. and research. Um, and I think hopefully there'll be answers that we get for a hundred different things and thousands of things. But to me, the experiences I've gone through in life and the faith that I stand on and what I believe in and the actions that come along with that, I'll continue to do those actions regardless of if I get an answer to that question or not. Yeah. Because it actually outweighs it for me, the experience that I've had. So I think sometimes um, like that. that's what people kind it's of practical. don't understand. Yeah, I don't think they understand yeah. that you don't have to have all the answers to do that. You didn't need all the answers to get into university and you still went. Yeah. Um, you didn't need to know everything about the course that you started. You didn't need to know what your job was going to look like in five years before you applied for it. You didn't need to know what financial position you were going to be in before you applied for the loan for your house. You did it knowing and taking a risk and a little bit of going, yeah. this is something I believe in and I want to do yeah. and I'm going to do it anyway. And I think sometimes people um, you know, should, should be willing to sit down and have a conversation about some sort of faith to go, I at least want to learn a little bit more about it regardless of knowing all the answers. Yeah. So, yeah. You, know, you know what's interesting to me? It's... One one of my favourite shows, one of my favourite TV shows of all time and characters in history of television, to the point where I'm actually so close to like wanting this person's tattoo, like face tattooed on me, is Vikings, the show. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Massive fan of, of like the yeah, character yeah. Ragnar and great Aussie actor Travis Fimmel. One of the things I loved through that show was a guy who was like really in, in and I'm not sure how closely related to history a lot of that show is, mm -hmm. but the Viking culture where really for a long time they only raided within their own communities and mm. amongst their own faith. And this guy that has the, the urge to explore further, to, to explore in a direction where no one's explored before mm. to the West and finds themselves, well, finds, they find themselves immersed in, Christian culture within England, France, and, and the United Kingdom and those countries. And one of the things I really loved was like that journey and the, and the character arc that he had throughout that mm. show where there was like this discovery of something new and he adopted the Christian faith at some point. And it's, I guess it's argued mm. throughout the show where he ended up. 
um, because there were like mm. bits of both in his heart um, mm. due to relationships. And that comes back to what you said. That come off the back of a relationship with an individual that he felt comfortable and trusted mm. in. Have you had experiences with people that really, really struggle and, and, and play that tug of war between two religions because there are commonalities or similarities in the faith that they see? Hmm. Um, so look, personally for me, I mean, I've more had struggles with people that I've seen going from probably not being in religion to yeah. being in religion. So that, that struggle of kind of like, we've kind of touched on it, holding on to things they're not willing to let go of. Uh, or not re- willing to give everything a go wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, I often use the analogy when we were kids, we used to we had a pool that we used to go to at a family's place, and we would uh, play this game where we'd kind of like tiptoe around the edge of the pool until somebody fell in, um, and then like once someone fell in, then everybody would get in the pool. You kind of dip your feet in and all that sort of stuff. And I think with religion, um, if you're really wanting to give it a go, we need to stop trying to tiptoe around the pool and just get wet a little bit. We actually need to jump in the pool and yeah. actually just give it a go. Because what I say to people is if, if, you know, if this Christianity is a religion you're wanting to give a go or know more about, if it doesn't work out for you or you think that it's a load of bull after a couple of weeks, your life doesn't change. So yeah, you can just go back right. to doing whatever you're doing. Yeah. Um, and, and definitely people do that and try that and stuff like that. Between two different religions, which you mentioned, um, I, I haven't really had a relationship with someone going through that. I've definitely seen it happen in our church, not someone I've dealt with directly. So yeah. they may have been growing up in a Muslim background or something like that. And they're actually have wanting to be in relationship with church. That's a very deep issue um, because of the culture associated with um, yeah. a, a Muslim family. Um, yeah. And we have heaps of community that we've done with refugees and things in our uh, city where we've seen them come in and be involved in stuff. Every Christmas we put Christmas presents together for refugee families. And um, we actually make halal ones for people that are from Muslim families and stuff like yeah. that. And so, I think that when somebody's coming from another religion, depending on what it is, if it's like something like uh, Muslim background or whatever it may be, them choosing to step foot into Christianity is actually a lot more respectable to me because a lot of times they actually leave their family because if their family say you're going there, you're not part of our family anymore. Okay, it's yeah. actually very deep. Yeah. Um, now, that would never happen if, say, you were going from Christianity to another religion yeah. um, because it, again it's a different way of looking not at it not culturally tied no not really it's but yeah it's, it's more relationship with the community you're a part of in church and then relationship yeah. with God you you personally with him yeah. that's that's more kind of Christianity what it's about and so when you if you were to leave and go to something else um, would you hang out with the same people all the time probably not because you're not in community with them yeah. but i wouldn't if i saw you in the street i wouldn't disown you because yeah. that's the lifestyle you've chosen to live and, and we yeah. can still be friends and hang out and all that sort of stuff so again i haven't dealt with it personally i've seen it happen a lot it's very very tough yeah. um and i think at the end of the day it's one of the reasons why i look to it and go i know people that have come out of uh, a religion like being a muslim and come into christianity and they're still in christianity today and I look at that and go, wow, because like that's a way bigger deal than sometimes yeah. people that are giving up going out to the harp every Friday night just to yeah. be in church or something like that. Yeah. Like you're actually giving up a lot. So you yeah. must really believe firmly that this is something that's real for you. Yeah. So, yeah. What are your thoughts on, what are your thoughts on like, oh, on it being, say if you, if you drop the whole aspect of um, like the proof of existence and those sort of things, you completely forget about that for a minute. And you talk about people just being the best versions of themselves. And that's one of the things that I, I love when I see it with faith is people being the best versions of themselves. And I always go back to those images of, you know, like protests. And obviously at the moment we've had the Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. protests. Um, but if you cast your mind back prior to that, 
with religious protests and you see a group of Christians shielding a group of Islamic um, people from a riot or from a protest or you see vice versa mm. um, or Buddhists or whatever it may be and you realise that the, at the depths of it it's about people just being the best human being they can be and finding that in their religion mm. and that's one of the things I love about it is For sure. I, I love to see people getting the most out of their life mm. and and is a lot of it about that for, for most people? Yeah, I think so for sure. I think one of the best analogies I often use is I am, um, if you're a Christian or you're someone who believes in religion, the analogy is you're a really fine-tuned, amazing sports car, but at the end of the day, you're a car. You're not the person that created the car. Yeah. And so I could go for months and months and months driving the car and I am the car and I'm driving around and I could go without a service for years and years and years and years and think that I'm fine because mm. I know the best way that I'm supposed to be living and, and I'm the best perversion of me I'm supposed to be. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm not the creator or the mechanic that fixes the car, I'm just the car. And so yeah. to find out what the best version of me is, if you believe in a faith or religion, it's going to the creator, or in this yeah. analogy, the mechanic, and going, hey, like, what do you think? Yeah. What, what do I need? Where, where, where should I be going? What, what do you believe is best for me right now? And I think this is where people get obscured with the whole, are oh, you telling me I can't do this? It's not about that. It's a greater understanding of going, I'm a really good sports car that's been created for a great purpose. I want to live the best version of me that's possible and go on for the longest that I can. So I'm going to go back to the person that I believe is, is the creator of a sports car and actually ask them, what do you think yeah. is the best version of me that I can be and, and where can I go with that? Yeah. And then if I feel good about that and I say, yep, they're the creator, then I'm doing that out of my choice because I know that's the best option. Yeah. I mean, is it hard in this period... You know, and is there a sacrifice for someone who's 20 and goes, I'm not going to go out and do the things that everyone else is doing um, because I know this is the best version of this awesome sports car that I can be for ongoing? 100%. Yeah. Um, but I now am living a life that's 25. I'm married, got an amazing wife and uh, amazing job. I have peace in it and I'm loving everything that I'm doing. And I do feel like I'm living the best version that I could be. Um, but a lot of that for me is going over the years in times that were tough going back to the creator of the sports car and being like, hey, what's the best move for me? What part do I need yeah. right now? What direction on road should I be driving on? To use 100%. that analogy. So, yeah. it's, I, guess, I guess it's one of those things and it comes down to how self-aware you are and how comfortable you are. Mm. And I've, to be honest, I've, I've spoken about this, especially in the last six months. I was probably someone that, in, in hot, like I was, I've always been, for anyone who knows me, I've always been a confident character. Oh, for sure. I've always been outgoing and and probably loud, I guess is one way to put it uh, about what I do and what I want to do and all these things. But probably more so in the last year, mm -hmm. I think I've become really comfortable with like who I am. Yeah, I can see that. And, and what I'm putting out to the world. And my, I guess we, you can, you can say you don't care what anyone says, but we all do to a degree about certain things. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I've really found a level of comfort with who I am and I think that's what a lot of people struggle with and mm. that's why a lot of people tussle with that idea of do I go and learn more about this? Do I try to understand it more? What will other people think? Mm. What is the stigma? Is this going to outlaw me from society more? Is this going to create friction within your friend groups? Mm. And the thing I say to everyone is just be comfortable being yourself. Like what a world this would be if you were just unbelievably comfortable with who you are as a human being and i think if if you pursuing what makes you feel right or mm. makes you the best version of yourself is an issue with your friends they're probably not the right friends and and it goes for the same with family and and i think 
you know, I may say that from a privileged position because I have amazing friendships and amazing family that mm. allow me to be quite comfortable being who I am. Mm. But man, just do do what makes you feel right in life and what pushes you in the right direction. And mm. if if that means going and having a chat with Caleb, which will drop your socials and everything afterwards, For make sure. sure you do it. You know that you get one chance at this this mm. life, and I've spoken about this a lot lately. Too many people are scared to have their best go. Mm. So. For sure. I think, look, I, I appreciate that. Like I said before, if anyone wants to talk to me about anything yeah. to do with this topic, reach out, have yeah. a coffee. We'll go to Lean Me. We'll sit down. We'll, we'll uh, I'll pay for it for you. Like, it doesn't yeah. bother me at all. I think that you just need to be willing to have a conversation. Yeah. And uh, I think like any area of society, you did an amazing podcast with Jared just a couple yeah. of weeks ago now about mental health and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And I actually think genuinely we've got a long way to go. Mental health is an area that... We're Definitely. super passionate about, um, me and my wife run an event for that for young people in our region every year and raise heaps of money for Headspace. On. So we love it and I love that podcast, but we're probably better than what we were with mental health. We Males Correct, can yeah. talk about it more. People are comfortable to talk about it more. It's still got a long way to go, but for the most part, like in that podcast shown, if you're a dude now and you come out and say, I'm struggling with this, people are like, okay, cool, let's get around you. Yeah. It's cool that you, you know, you're dealing with this. Let, let's talk about it. Um, whereas I think still in religion in some ways of any kind, if you were the one in the friend group to step out and do that, you'd feel very ostracized. Yeah. Um, and thinking that these guys are no longer going to be friends with me. And so my encouragement would be, you literally have nothing to lose (laughs) if you want to talk about things more or you want to learn something. And if you come and have a coffee with me and I talk to you about things or anyone for that matter, and you turn around and go, nah, this isn't for me. Cool. We can go have another coffee a week later and just hang out and be boys. Yeah, it's totally yeah. fine there's no expectation with that mm. and I think that's what a lot of people think if I come and have that coffee I have to be at that person's church on Sunday or something yeah, yeah. Um, no if you're just yeah. genuinely interested I'm, I'm glad you said that because yeah. I think that is a fear that a lot of people have mm-hmm. before they get to know you mm. or before they get to know you and what your family are like so I think that should make people comfortable and I will say whilst you touched on Jared's episode that's been the most popular episode to date yeah, so we've had that. NRL players on, we've had comedians, we've had people who have, you know, big social followings, but it's always the chats that most people are scared to have with their connections Mm -hmm. that go the biggest on this platform. Because I think people, there's a lot of people deep down that want to be able to talk about it or want to be able to relate with with those more personal self-development issues. 100%. And so, yeah, so I hope if you're listening to this, you feel comfortable chatting. I'm going to hit you with two questions Go to finish it. off. One is more fun, yeah. but I'll start with a more serious one. And this is, like we said, this could be a whole like four-hour podcast yeah, in itself. Yeah, yeah. But when you talk about the Bible, there's heaps of, I guess there's heaps of um, ways that people look at it. I've heard a lot of people say it's a book of metaphors. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people say it's, it's a word that was documented. It's almost like a diary. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Quite generalized, of course, so you don't have to go into yeah, too much yeah. detail. Yeah, as a general sense, yeah. it's more of it's it's a it's a handbook, it's a guide, it's a, a yeah. gift given to us by God to help us in the life that we live, no matter where yeah. it was written. Um, the Bible itself, if we want to get specific about it, is broken up into pretty much everything you mentioned there. There are a, there are poetic books in there that are written in poetic styles. There are yeah. historical books that are recording things about kings and and all those things in in Jewish culture and Assyria and Babylon and all that sort of stuff that was going on. Uh, And then we get into the New Testament that's more of of that advice and wisdom. So some of that's letters or or they call it epistles in the Bible, which was written from a a church minister in those days to a younger church minister to help them with issues they were dealing with. So 
it's a collection of individual books which scholars and people throughout the years have canonized which is just a fancy word to say this is something that we deem is is a whole portion of scripture or historical yeah. collections yeah. which is now a guide for the church to refer to which is the, the word that god gave and so the way it's viewed in church is that yes men wrote it and and scribed it down on paper but at the end of the day there are actually more texts that people have written that weren't in what we call the bible now because those were the ones that a bunch of people got together that were priests and different people okay. that were scholars and decided this was the, the the words or the books that god was was comfortable with sharing with people for different periods of time so there are other historical biblical type texts you can go and read that aren't the bible that are just yeah. actual historical recordings and stuff like that um but yeah for sure i think it's, the bible is always an interesting thing for people because yeah. um you, you might talk to someone like me and go oh you obviously can read the bible and it's fine and you get heaps out of it and it's really interesting like i i struggle to read it sometimes because it is it's an older text like yeah it's like reading something in history like yeah 100 you, you, you're uh, not always going to understand it until maybe yeah. you've had some sort of personal experience that yeah. you to relate. Yeah, and doing research. Like I still do, if I'm reading it, will do. Now I do it differently. Like I obviously am a minister who, who does preaches and talks and I'm actually trying to educate people on this as part of my job. So I've got to probably go a little bit deeper sometimes than what you would or anyone that's reading it would. But yeah. there are so many things out there now. Like we live in the golden age of technology where people have created um, way smarter than me, created things where you can go and study and look deeper into it and look at the Hebrew and the Greek and all yeah. that exciting stuff. So... Yeah, I think at the end of the day, like if anyone is out there and is like looking at reading the Bible, um, one of the advice I got given as a young boy is don't get caught up in like how thick and big it is. And oh, if I'm going to be in religion and learn, I got to read six chapters a day or six books. Or when I was younger, I got the advice that was read until you're full. So if you read something that's interesting, even if it's the first verse or the first line you read when you open it up, close it up and think about that. Um, so yeah. you should just be reading about it to learn like and to grow that, yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah. That, that's a great answer. I think I think you hit the nail on the head there for people to at least understand somewhat mm. what, what they should perceive the Bible as. To finish it off, a little bit of fun. So one thing I love... <coughs> excuse me. One thing I love, love to see online, it, it cracks me up, is like the fact or fiction around Christian people. And like... like yeah, there's yeah, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. these things like I see... Um, like... The reference there's one that I, I love i always laugh at it's like um some of the best people i've ever met like have tattoos like yeah, yeah. and are nicer than people that get to church i'm like you're still allowed to have tattoos if you get to church like how many of those stigmas do you think exist still, oh, still in the modern era heaps it makes me laugh it's yeah, like yeah. it's almost like people connecting or like giving i think it's more like giving more reason to go oh, okay it's too hard or yeah, yeah. The tattoo one's interesting. Like, I, I don't have stacks of them. I actually want more. I've got, I've got my, my wedding ring tattooed on my finger. Yeah, um, my, I like my, that idea. My wife's yeah. initials. Uh, I had a wedding ring. I lost it. That's why I've got a tattoo because I'd probably okay. lose it again. Um, so that's the only tattoo I have. I'd probably I'd definitely get more. Like, I'm not anti them at all. But there is yeah. definitely still stigmas that people think if you're in church or you're in this religion, you can't get a tattoo. Yeah. This is one of those interesting ones where people take scripture and take it out of context in yeah. the Bible. Because in the Bible, there's a verse like way back in the olden days where it says something like, don't pierce your skin. Like there's an actual verse that says that. Now, what it's referring to in the Bible is what what they would do often in in sort of pagan, so non-church culture. They would actually, in in a mourning ritual, they would shave their heads and they would actually begin to pierce their skins and cut themselves in mourning to another God to say like, you need to help me like what you did in saying crying and just talking to God. Now, thankfully, that's not something we have to do now. We just talk to God or pray or whatever. 
So that's what that verse is related to. Whereas okay. people will take that now and go, oh, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't pierce your skin. So tattoos are evil. Tattoos um, and earrings. Yeah, no, something like that, right? <laughs> so I think it's like, it's an interesting thing, which we again, we could sit here and talk about for hours, the Bible and the way that it's portrayed mm. and people picking one verse out of something and talking about that. And that happens in church and out of church. People pick yeah. one verse out and want to go, I believe in this or I don't believe in this because of this one word on a page. Yeah. Whereas there's a whole, you know, multitude of chapters and books there to talk about rather than just that one thing off the page. So, yeah. Definitely. Anyway, that's definitely a stigma. It. And there's so more. In other words, do your research. <laughs> do your research, guys. Come or on. just talk to someone. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, there are a lot of people listening that are kind of go, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that's why mm. people believe that. Or there's this verse and that says that we shouldn't do this and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, rather than you, because it's like, I, I, I am for research 100%. Yeah. But Google is a mind hole. So you're going to find anyone that believes in anything about religion because they've got yeah. the ability to create their own website and write about it. Correct. You can find good things and you can also find really yeah. odd things. So the biggest lesson from any of this is just talk to someone. Like if you yeah. want to have a reason as to why I believe this or I don't believe that, come talk to me. Like I said, I'm happy to do that. So I love it. What I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to leave us off on a last note. Um, before I do so, I'm going to let him fully finish the podcast today. So if you've loved this, like I said, Caleb's, um, I'll put your Instagram handle in our, sure. um, and I'll put your po- quickly give your podcast a quick pump up. Yeah. So the podcast we are called, so our, our church that we go to is called Awaken Church in Wollongong. We're in the yeah. old Regent Theatre, um, which has since been sold. Um, and so we'll be moving out of there shortly. But yeah, Awaken Church is the name of our, our church. And I run a service on Sunday night called Awaken Nights, which is a 6 p.m., more of a kind of our age group service, which is just we have a lot of fun. We go out for dinner afterwards and hang out. So the podcast is called the Awaken Nights podcast because it's kind of a podcast yeah. uh, derived from them. And so, yeah, we've got a couple of uh, United States guests coming on in the next couple of weeks, nice. um, which we've taken a bit of a break because of what's happening over there to give them yeah. some time to kind of deal with stuff from their church. Yep. Um, and then we're going to get them on to talk about some interesting stuff around that, actually. So, yeah, if you want to have a listen to that, people can check it out. But, yeah, for sure. That's... And so if you've liked any of this, please go listen to Caleb's podcast go see them at church if you feel comfortable go speak to him on insta catch up for coffee whatever it may be um if you've liked this though please like subscribe share give it that five star rating i love that it means the world to me when i see those and we're we're literally five out of five stars on average at the moment. so that um that hits me in the feels i appreciate that a lot but i'm going to leave it to you just to say maybe one last piece and maybe hit us with a, a little verse or something like that 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 you think will relate to most people yeah for sure the first thing I say is on that with with you mentioning for people for your podcast, please if you listen to this for Brad's podcast, go on on um, Apple Podcasts and leave a review, leave a five stars. I know from looking into it and watching and listening to twelve podcasts each a week for myself, the feedback on podcasts does make a difference for who sees it. Uh, and yeah. so if you're listening and you love it, please go do that. I'll be really appreciated for him. I know that. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You're more um, welcome. It's been an honor. I, I love the podcast. I'm happy to talk to anyone about anything. And so if you've taken nothing out of this and you just skip right to the end just to hear me close it because that's the most exciting thing, this is what you should take out of it, which is if you want to talk about you know faith, religion, anything to do with that, um, please reach out to someone and do it. There's no stigma attached to it. There's no weirdness about it. You're not going to be looked at as like the, the obscure person in your friend group for wanting to, to do yeah. that. Uh, in society today, if someone did it with anything else other than religion, it would be fine. And again, for some reason, with religion, it's a little bit taboo. So 
you know, really I encourage you to do that. I'm happy to have a coffee. I'll just line up at Liam and we can just meet people one after the other if that's what people want to do. Um, but for sure, reach out to me and uh, and connect with that. So um, yeah, I just wanted to say that. I, I won't say adversely with anything like that. If you want to talk about anything with me, uh, come and do that. But I really encourage you. We're praying as a church for this city. We constantly are for the people of this city yeah. and just believing for, you know, we're believing we'll come out of this season of COVID stronger as a city yeah. um, and constantly believing for the mental health of the region, for employment in the region and, um, and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. You're a good man, Caleb Hansey. Thanks Appreciate for your time. It. Thanks, man. Legend.